Hi, I'm Anshuman Vora, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molly, your host. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. We've another 125 episodes which you can listen back on and we've an interesting episode today on hydration with Anz Schumann Vora, the founder of Halo Hydration, the sports drink that Sir Andy Murray has invested in. A few months ago, I started to use the Halo supplement, albeit while cycling on Zwift mainly rather than the tennis court and found it tasty and hydrating. So I was extremely happy when and Schumann agreed to come on the show. He tells us all about his journey to launching Halo, his previous ventures, obviously the benefits of Halo, what sets it apart from other sports drinks, and teaming up with Andy Murray as well as a lot more. Before we start, a shout out to our awesome podcast sponsors, Slinger, who make the great portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. I find myself working different time zones with our Instagram account, recording podcast episodes, and having two kids as well makes getting a hitting partner hard at times. And before this recording, I was lucky enough to get out on court. Couldn't find a hitting partner, so I took my slinger bag for a tough session and really enjoyed it. So plenty of benefits to having a slinger bag. But if you want to know more about it, head over to slingerbag.com to get all the info on it. And if you have any burning questions, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm always really happy to answer those questions. Okay, here's Anz Human. Hi, Anz Human. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Fabio. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Excited to have you on and excited to learn a lot about Halo Hydration. And it's really exciting, your work with Halo and what's planned for the future. And I've actually tested it myself. I think it's great. But before we talk about that, let's tell the listeners a bit about you, where you're from and where tennis, ultimately this is a tennis podcast. So how tennis came into your life. Thanks, Fabio. I'm a proud New Yorker for the last 20 years now, and I was born in India. My dad was worked for the Indian government, and we traveled around a fair amount. I've been in the States kind of nonstop since I was for high school. I went to the what is today the IMG Academy and what was formerly the Nick Bolletary Tennis Academy for high school. Played full-time. Went to the College of William & Mary in Virginia and represented them in Division I tennis. And then after graduating, I kind of as I was getting close to graduating, it was apparent to me that I was not going to become a pro, sadly. And so my parents kind of persuaded me, made me an offer I couldn't refuse and kind of forced me to go into investment banking. And I'm glad they did. It was among the alternatives that I was exposed to at that point in time, probably the best one in retrospect in front of me. And I'm glad I took it. So I started at JP Morgan doing mergers and acquisitions and in 2000 in New York and was an investment banker for six years at JP Morgan and a couple of other spots. And then I moved into the liquor business. I launched my own brand of premium high-end gin called Bulldog. And we launched that in 2007. Started selling in Europe in 2010. And pretty soon, 2010, 11, 12, we started doing really well across Europe. There was a big movement towards drinking higher-end premium, sort of high-quality gin. And we caught the, the boom at the right time. And then I exited that business, Fabio, in 2017. We sold to Grupo Campari. I think the fifth largest spirits company in the world. They're a publicly traded company in Milan. They own brands like Sky Vodka, Grand Marnier, Espelon Tequila, Aperol, Campari, now Bulldog. And took some time off from that. I moved to Barcelona to play tennis. 
I used to practice at the Sanchez Casal Academy. You know, I took some time off. I would play there every morning, played some, you know, the over 30 senior tennis circuit, if you will. And I had a freak accident on the court late in 2017. Completely crushed my ankle and my ligaments and tendons. So I moved back from Barcelona to New York to have surgery. And I was laid up for three or four months as I was convalescing. I kind of ideated Halo. The idea for Halo uh, was really born out of my tennis days where we were drinking Gatorade kind of 20 years ago. Not much has changed, Lucozade, in the last 20 years in terms of Gatorade and Lucozade. However, everything else, the environment, the ecosystem, nutrition, science, sports science, sports medicine, have all advanced markedly, as you know, in the last 20 years. You know, 20 years ago, if I told you that there would be a guy ranked in the top five in the world at 39 still playing, you probably wouldn't believe it. But look at how much the world has changed in the last 20 years. And so that was a relic. The Gatorades and Lucozades, no, with no offense and no malice toward them, I felt like they were a relic of an older era when workouts consisted of just bench press and bicep curls and not factoring in the fact that uh, working out and living well is a 24-hour process, not just a one-hour day you're at the gym. And so, and also within that, I, I increasingly became much more opposed and much more aware of and therefore much more opposed to processed sugar. As, as I study more about processed sugar, I'm, I'm, I'm not aware yet of the last three or four years of extensive study what benefits extensive amounts of processed sugar provide the human body. I'm, I'm well aware of the, neg the negative impacts of high fructose corn syrup, but I'm not really aware of what the benefits are. And so I just felt, you know, people were stuffing a Coca-Cola equivalent in each Gatorade or Lucozade in terms of the amount of sugar. Meanwhile, thinking it was healthier because sure, it had some healthier uh, qualities as like electrolytes. But, you know, to that I'd respond, you know, fried chicken is protein too. But, you know, the chicken is the is the lean part, not the fried stuff. And so dissatisfaction with the landscape kind of was the original. That's how the idea was germinated. And then we launched our kind of next generation modern day sports drink certified organic one gram of sugar versus the industry titans which are like 35 grams of sugar we had no artificial color the red the blue the we had electrolytes plus vitamins plus minerals most of them just had electrolytes we had very low carbohydrates so everything we wanted to fix we kind of did i think we got somewhat unlucky because we launched i think we officially hit the market on feb 29th of 2020 i remember we got into all the equinox gyms in la and a bunch of grocery stores. And so we, we launched on Feb 29th, 2020. And I was like, hey, lightning is kind of going to strike again. Bulldog was, was, was a huge home run. And I think Halo is going to be even better. And then um, I was, remember saying that on Feb 29th, 2020. And it was a leap year. So I kind of, that's not one of those days that you forget. And two weeks later, our business plan kind of changed with the shutdowns. We hadn't really expected that, that gyms and retail and grocery would shut down for the foreseeable future that people would stop going to grocery stores, instead move online, stop discovering new brands at grocery stores. And as a result, gyms and grocery stores were like, hey, we're not taking on new brands because our consumers aren't discovering. So that was a, could have been an existential, was an existential moment. And then we decided to pivot at that point in time to focus on hydration supplements as opposed to beverage. And really, we want to be a next generation hydration products company. And there was, in retrospect, it was somewhat asynchronous to have a next generation hydration company and sold in a bottle. You know, the bottle is an antiquated way of many getting electrolytes to your body. You know, you got to produce the bottle, you got to ship it to a distributor. It's very carbon unfriendly. 
it can't be recycled 100%. So there's huge things where sustainability-wise, it wasn't within the next generation, uh, you know, mantra, if you will. So we're happy. So come July of 2021, we launched our electrolyte powders here in the U.S. and in August in the U.K. And earlier this year, we announced that Sir Andy Murray invested in and took a significant minority position in the company. We launched our powders then. And then recently, I think last month or two months ago, we launched in 1,400 Walmarts across the United States and 49 states, our powders. And we also announced, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, that the world's foremost tennis coach or widely considered the most influential Patrick Moritobu has also invested in and taken a position in the company. So in that realm, we've kind of want to form a beachhead for ourselves in tennis. Between one of my colleagues, Jamie, was a former professional tennis player, ranked 800 in the world. He was a college tennis star. We got, uh, you know, other Don Mangalot. We got Sir Andy, of course. The gentleman, one of the gentlemen on our board of directors played tennis at Harvard. A bunch of professional, semi-professional, avid tennis players, a bunch of my college tennis teammates, all of them invested in Halo. And same with some of my high school friends. And so we're bound kind of by a desire to make people hydrate better and live better. We do that because in our powders, as you've tried them, whether it's a powder or a tablet or a drink, they're all just different delivery mechanisms to get you the same thing. Electrolytes to your body that you lose when you sweat. The problem is with a drink or a tablet, the user experience is not that friendly. With the tablets, you have to break the tablet in two. It's effervescent. It doesn't dissolve well. It's kind of an antiquated way of delivering electrolytes, just like the bottle, right? So the powder is the new way of getting the electrolytes, the simplest, the most sustainable, the one that we can kind of ship around the world. It doesn't weigh very much. We've, as a company, made a decision by 2025, we're going to move to full recyclability, sustainability, and across the supply chain where permissible. We're donor to 1% for the planet. So in terms of our values, inclusion, sustainability, and really a healthier world and healthier adolescence is really important to us. So we've now started doing a bunch of stuff in colleges in the U.S. where college teams buy Halo because they're like, well, this is way better for our students because they perform better and it has a lot less sugar and a lot less of the bad stuff. And so that's been kind of, you know, we want to move not just to people who are in their 20s and 30s, but we want people to form healthy habits earlier. So whether it's college or high school, we intend to... Interestingly, Pavio, the number one source for obesity for children in America is carbonated soft drinks. The number two source of obesity is sports drinks. So I was like, man, we've got some work to do. So that's kind of the ethos of Halo. And that's where we are sort of as a company. And by the first quarter of next year of 2022, we'll be live across Europe on, on Amazon and across you know the U.S., on yeah, online yeah. and on Walmart. I think the whole Amazon thing is interesting, but look, I want to actually ask you some differences on Halo and other drinks out there, just to break that down. Before that, I'm going to jump way back to the start here because you gave us a great story there, but our listeners are going to have some questions. And one of them is going to be, who was trained at IMG when you were there? Any other top players? When I was there, it was still called Voluntary. And, you know, towards the tail end of when I left, I think it became IMG. Tommy Haas, Anna Kornikova were there. The Williams sisters would show up. Martina Hingis would show up. When I first got there, Monica Sellis was there before her injury all the time. And, uh, you know, you, you, you see other people who pass by there a lot. Nick was a very well-known guy in the tennis community. Are you still in contact with Nick? In contact with members of his inner circle, yeah. And will your product be stocked at IMG? Yeah, we're, we're talking to them already. We're, you know, we're Patrick's and now they're, they're kind of feeling the fire now that Patrick's academies around the world are stalking us. So let me just put it this way. We're going to be doing a bunch of work with IMG in the future. So stay tuned for announcements in that realm. Great. And you, you talked about an offer your parents made that you couldn't refuse. What sort of offer was that to 
get them to push into the real world instead of trying to chase your dreams on the tennis court? It was an implicit offer. I called him and I told him I wanted to move to Europe at the age of 22 and 23 and be in the south of France playing tennis, club tennis. I think the look on their faces was like they'd understand, acknowledge that I said what I said. But in terms of accepting it as a possible path, the look on their faces made clear that they weren't doing that. So I told them that I was working on this opportunity at JP Morgan that somebody gave me and they said that's much more like it. So I think uh, it was not, not a battle I particularly wanted to take at that point in time. Nice. Well, you had your head switched on back then. And you say you worked, what, six years or about in mergers and acquisitions. I'm not sure exactly what you're doing, but you obviously would have been working on big deals. And do you think that working on those big deals opened up your horizon and allowed you to think big when you moved on to your gin and obviously with Halo now? How important was that? thousand percent. I, I would say in, in banking, you know, the grueling hours notwithstanding, the skills you learn, whether it's Excel or thinking about one company buying another or one company selling a piece of its business or making moves in the market, you know, why they make those moves, understanding the psychology of those and understand really how to think. You know, it's a, it's a different language sometimes thinking strategically than I was used to. But I employ those tools every day to, to varying degrees of success, clearly, but I work on those daily and I'm very grateful for that training. It permeates pretty much every aspect of what I do on a daily basis. That stuff really interests me where, you know, you've seen people do this and you're like, oh, I can do that too. Like, and it just looks like it opened up your world and can be a huge advantage for somebody moving forward. Yeah, fair point. You have to be realistic, not just saying I can do this too. Uh, you know, I'd always just think about, I think having done it over time, resilience is, is something that you get tested on more than anything as an entrepreneur. So that is not something you can ever learn. That's just something I think you have to own over time and find reserves that you never thought possible. I think that's a common theme in tennis, in business, in no matter what industry you're in, if you want to get to the best, I think you need to have resilience in there to to get to the top. It's just one of the characteristics you need. But so how did you actually get, speaking, moving further on to, how did you get Sir Andy on involved? Uh, late last year, he his folks reached out to us and said uh, he's passionate about hydrating properly. And he's, he's, he's had a public, uh, you know, sort of publicly disclosed series of injuries over the last few years. And thank God recently he's been, you know, he's been in great shape and much better shape and feeling great. And so he's, he's a big proponent of, of hydrating properly. He's a big proponent of teenagers and younger people hydrating better and former, forming healthy habits. And he reached out to us and said he wanted to do something, but some of the bigger guys had reached out to him in hydration, but Tons of sugar, tons of color. The antiquated way of drinking sports drink wasn't his thing. And he saw, he understood the vision for Halo. And he said, if there's any space, we'd love to be involved. And, you know, we, we, we do get certain solicitations from celebrities where they say, hey, throw me a couple of shares and I'll do a couple of Instagram posts. But we've never done that, never will. Every single person, whether it's the rapper Pitbull, whether it's Patrick, whether it's Andy, whoever we have, they all invest money in the company ahead of their involvement. They have skin in the game. They're fervent believers in the mission and, and great storytellers. So... Andy and his team have, have been great and opened a lot of doors for us so far. Nice. This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over 
over the world. They just launched their most innovative tennis range ever, which includes the new Court FF3 Novak, the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of Novak Djokovic. Get your pair now at asics.com. And just moving on to ingredients, brands I would have known of, obviously we know the Red Bulls, uh, the Coca-Colas, and I got to, before I move on to the next one, we see Dominic team like at the changeovers with Red Bulls. Like, what's your thought? Like, that's so wrong. And moving on to Cristiano Ronaldo, who moved the Coca Cola away and put the water in. But how are athletes like Dominic team, in your opinion, using these, using Red Bull, which we know is full of sugar, full of caffeine? What's the reasoning there? Is it money? You know, Fabio, I, I can't really comment on Dominic. I don't know him or his team. I, I can tell you what Andy's team said to us, which was, uh, and, and you've probably seen Andy at changeovers putting the you know, powdered stuff into his bottle. You, we can't, we don't pay for the television rights, so you can't really see Halo on on the changeovers. But let me assure you, it's there. Uh, one of the things with us is we're we're certified by Informed Sport. It's an anti-doping agency sort of collective that reviews brands. So a lot of athletes feel comfortable having Halo since we have that Informed Sport certification. A lot of brands don't. We choose to go out there and put our products up there. So I would say, I, I can't comment on him. Andy's point was artificial sugar is helpful to a point in the short term. You had a little bit of a high, but then the spike in the glycemic index and the ensuing come down, they found hurt his performance in ways that he was not happy about. They did acknowledge at the outset that athletes like tennis players sweat significantly more than other people. It is true that when you sweat, you lose a bunch of salts from your body, whether it's magnesium, sodium, potassium. We have all of those in, in great quantities. Plus we have a ton of vitamin C for immunity coming out of the pandemic, we felt. It, increased amount of vitamin C would be in everyone's best interest. And where we start, you know, with everybody else's, we taste better, we're healthier because we have lower sugar and higher vitamin C, and we have a more complete set of hydrating elements, the, the trinity we call it of vitamins, minerals, and electrolytes, where most people just have electrolytes. And how does your product differ? I'd know high five, let's say. I would have had the tablets in the past to be on the bike and use them. would have used them quite a bit even in tennis matches during the summer. I actually find a tablet quite handy to just throw in the bag and sometimes it can be easier throwing a tablet into a bottle rather than a powder where you've no funnel and you end up spraying it all over the place. So maybe you can break down tablets a bit more. You didn't mention them before. So in our research, consumer research, which is pretty extensive, everything's relative, right? So the tablets relative to the beverage, the powders relative to the tablets or the powders relative to, be to beverage. What people like all around is the fact that with the power with the with the tablets, sometimes you have to break them in two to get them inside the uh, with the mouth of the bottle. You don't have to do that with the powders. You can get a little creative. We're becoming smarter about having those tear sheets. Uh, you can also get more exciting materials into the, the what's it called the powders as opposed to the, the tablets. Just given the, the the chemical formulation. Most importantly, I would say is the taste. Uh, we you know it's very tough. We have no caffeine, but we get a we do a very good job of of making our flavor. I would say the number one reason that people were to drink Halo is because they will be more hydrated and better hydrated than anything. We have more magnesium and potassium than most of our competitors and multiple times more than they would get in water alone. The whole problem, the reason that Halo exists is the human body is 70% water. Everyone can get water, but 75% of people are dehydrated at any one time. That tells me, even though they have access to water, that tells me they don't love the taste of water. Halo wouldn't exist if water tasted like ice cream. The world would be so hydrated, you would, there would be no need for a product like Halo. But because people aren't drinking enough water and the consequences of dehydration are fatigue, insomnia, muscle soreness, cramps, you, you know, you've, I'm sure you've, you've been hungover sometime in your life and 
you know how you felt when you were hungover. That is an extreme example of dehydration. But so you can imagine in that state, it's not a good idea to play at Wimbledon or a tennis match, right? You won't be performing optimally in anything, whether it's hanging out with your kids or going to lunch. So dehydration, of course, not everyone's hungover every day, but they have different reasons for being dehydrated and their performance in life suffers. So the powders are out of all of them. The powders, if like beverage is blockbuster, the powders are kind of like Netflix coming in with streaming and you can send them everywhere. And they just, uh, in our research, the, they're also not effervescent. So our powders, uh, sometimes with the tablets, they tend to bubble up over the bottle. And you have to wait for the solubility. Our powders dissolve, you know, two or three stirs. We made them to, for in, in, incredible solubility. Perhaps a, an area of that I struggle with, and I, I don't know high five so well, so I, I can't comment on them exactly. But I believe, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I believe they have somewhere around 18 to like, you know, depending, depending on the level, 40 grams of sugar per serving, okay? Per serving. And, you know, maybe per, depending on the servings, 40 grams or 100 grams. And the equivalent, we have one. So again, I don't know what even, what even types of sugars they use, but I just wanted to give you an idea of the sugar. I keep talking about that. I wouldn't say I'm completely anti-sugar, but I do know that it's not good for you in many different ways. And I've read some books and papers and all but I still get sucked in by chocolate or, you know, it still drags you down. But it, it, it's a bit like a drug, to be honest. And maybe it's the modern day tobacco. I always use this analogy. We're in a war on sugar today in the States. I don't know enough about Europe, but we're in a war on sugar akin to the war on tobacco 25 years ago. There is a pronounced social anti-sugar bias. It's not hard to see, right? I mean, when you look at the sources of obesity for kids, I mean, this is compelling it's like anything. If you can have it in moderation, look, it's it's fine. But it just there's something about sugar just keeps you wanting to consume more and more of it. But tell me, going back to Halo or going back to, you know, I'm not going to say similar drinks, but similar type drinks. What's the protocol in hydrating your body properly? Surely you don't drink Halo all day. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I would say that, uh, you know, Halo is part of my, and what I recommend to people is making it part of your hydration regimen daily. So I wake up, I have a Halo, first thing I put in my mouth, because most people, you know, when you were sleeping, you were not drinking water, right? So whether you slept six or eight hours, that was almost a third of the day where you consumed no water. So how much Halo? I'm jumping in here. One powder stick with eight ounces of water. Okay. And then I have one, you know, kind of around lunchtime and then whenever I go to the gym. So I have about three a day. Okay. And would you have one after then as well? Basically, you can have it either, you know, ahead of time prophylactically or after to cure the problem. I, I would say I like to have it either both or kind of ahead of time because you want to make sure that, you know, when, what happens is when you sweat a lot and you lose those minerals, right? Dehydration sets in, kind of don't want it to set in, right? You don't want to impact the, you don't want to face the adverse consequences, right? So it's too late then. You know, this is why I always laugh when, when I always smile when people say, oh my God, it's Saturday morning. I'm really hungover. Let me go have a something now. I go, brother, the time to, to solve this problem was last night, not right now. You know what I'm saying? So that's, I totally so I, am with you. I'm totally in with you. So are you saying that when I leave the nightclub, I haven't gone down in a few years, but when I leave the nightclub at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I should have my halo then, get hydrated. So I'm waking up fresher. We have a lot of people who take halo, you know, to the club and, you know, kind of before they leave, they pop on in their water or whenever they're having, a, you know, in between their drinks and having their water, they pop it in. I also, you know, when I go to lunch or dinner, whenever I go to a restaurant, I take one with me because water is abundantly available. And I sometimes, to be honest with you, while 99% of the time I drink halo because of its functional benefits and its taste, which I'm aware of, 
of the time I drink it because water is pretty boring and I don't want just always want to drink water. Right. And I, I could drink a Coca-Cola, but I've thought about the health consequences of drinking that and I'm halo. And so I decided on halo. Nice. Think somebody like Andy, I'm not sure if you have this insight, but he's getting ready for, I don't know, playing, he's going to have a tough match. How much of this would he take during a match? Is it like one pouch is set or is there a certain, depends on the person? Oh yeah. I, I wish I could answer that. It depends on the body weight, the amount they're sweating. You know, Andy's playing a five set match in Australia probably needs to be hydrated more than somebody sitting at home, you know, watching a movie. Right. So it really, we, we're lucky. We don't have any caffeine. Okay. So we don't have to say on there, you know, take four or five a day or, you know, don't take more than that because of the, the, the caffeine restrictions. We don't have any. I would just say, you know, you, you'll know very quickly either by the color of your urine or how you feel, whether you're dehydrated or not. Statistically and scientifically, you're pretty dehydrated in the morning. I just told you eight hours, one third of the day, you didn't consume any water. And then anytime you sweat and or you excrete liquid. So, you know, when you drink a lot of diuretics like alcohol that make you urinate a lot, you're losing all that stuff from your body. And what Halo does is it gets it back into your body five times faster than if you just drank water alone. It's the fast lane. Indeed. I would venture to say, I'm sure some of our competitors also, if you ingest them, you will hydrate faster than water alone. I'm, I'm sure that's true. However, we have one gram of sugar. You mentioned another brand. I, I told you that in 100 grams, they have about 40 grams of sugar. Four zero. So you have two of those a day. You're at 80 grams. I mean, that 40, I believe, is, is more than a Coke. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure. That's that's your area there. Uh, but no, it's a lot. It's it's definitely a lot. Yeah, so that's it's an interesting area. I, I do see the importance of it. We've seen many, even, let's say, from the tennis point of view, where some newcomers, when they move into the, the senior game, from top juniors, they're cramping up, they're breaking down because they're not prepared. They haven't got their body prepared. And a lot of it comes down to, I know some of it's physical training and competing against grown men, but they're not hydrated properly. And I'm sure Andy could have done with some halo when he first hit the tour himself. 100%. But we like to say, look at the data. Look at him since Wimbledon this year in terms of his health. You know, He's also had some great matches, but if you look at everything now versus before, we think that there's a correlation between him consuming copious amounts of halo and his performance. Uh, you know, you don't need to know Andy to know that he's had problems with cramps before, right? Like most tennis players at that level have. But he, he's told us and his guys have told us multiple times that he, d- he doesn't cramp anymore when he's drinking his halo. We're also, you know, given that we have low sugar, Fabio, a lot of parents, you know, people who go to Walmart and shop for their kids, love halo, right? A lot of, at least in the States, I don't know enough about Europe yet, but at least in the States, a lot of parents, like we don't want to give Coca-Cola level sugar to our kids. And so uh, halo comes in like very handy in that regard too. So, and he's a father. So he thinks about that too. I think he's very thoughtful about nutrition for children. Yeah, I think it's very important. And I'm going to just quickly jump on something else. Uh, I know that this new college, the nail rule, where college athletes can now be sponsored. Are you involved with any college athletes? Absolutely. I mean, we probably have, I don't know, somewhere between 50 and 100 on the team already. And how does that work? You know, what happened is this NIL thing happened, I think, this past summer. And then, you know, we, we're plugged into college only because we were all just former tennis players. And then we launched our powders in July, I told you. You know, I think kids got back to school in August or September. And Jamie and I, Jamie, who's my colleague, we just sent a couple of samples to our friends who were either coaches or, you know, assistant coaches. And then the response was just this, not something I've normally seen, where they were like, look, not only do we as a tennis team want to serve this to our students, but if you can help support some of our students now that you're allowed to, it'll be great. And so it's worked both ways The students have been very responsive. This generation that's in college today is meaningfully more focused about what they ingest than my generation was. It's 
it's not even a comparison about I'd never in my life in college had heard somebody saying, hey, let me have something with less sugar. It's just not ever a statement I ever heard uttered. To deliver something to college children today, there's like an army of nutritionists and sports medicine doctors that need to approve it before. So we're also, we have the benefit, we're one of the few brands, as I mentioned, that's certified by informed sport, right? So the imprimatur of informed sport is really important. So a lot of athletes who get tested now, they won't even take a product even if they like it unless it's certified because of their fear of failing a drug test. So I would say the confluence of the NIL stuff happening, us having just launched our powders, going to Walmart and our relationships in tennis, uh, it's been great. You know, we, as I mentioned, someday we want to be everything to everybody, but that can't happen in the short term. That takes time. In the interim, you know, we want to be the best and the favorite of all the tennis players. Yeah, it sounds good. And tell me, uh, so what's next? And when can I order it in Ireland where I'm not charged... Uh, crazy amount of taxes ordered from the Amazon UK site. You know, we'll be live in Ireland, you know, on Amazon sort of, I would say by February, March, but in the interim, I'll make sure the team gets you some mail. Ah, no, no. We prefer to buy everything here, but no, we did, I did get some in and with just with the EU and Brexit, we all know if you're in Europe, you know the difficulties of that and well, I was just curious to know, it'd be great if it was steadily available over here. But I'm going to end it with two things. What's next for Halo. So how many flavors do you have? I think I had the, is it the pink lemonade flavor? Is that a flavor? Yeah, that's our number one seller. We have five flavors at the moment. We're launching a couple of special editions next year. And we're just focused on our, you know, Walmart and a few other retailers in the US and getting live all over Europe. As I mentioned, uh, you know, we kind of, we're one of the few that's taken a bit of a bold move and taking our powders live all over Europe simultaneously, as opposed to one country at a time. And um, I hope we're going to be rewarded because so far, our response is probably 98% positive on the powders. And the once in a while you do hear a comment, it's, you know, it's so you wonder what, why somebody made a negative comment, but it's been overwhelmingly positive in terms of how people feel. And do you have any other, is there any other products coming out in the range? Of- uh, we have a few that we're working on that I'm not at liberty to disclose, but around Wimbledon, I hope with Andy, we'll be launching a new product. Great. And final question is just something we normally ask, whether more tennis-based, where we ask for advice for younger people. Even from a business point of view, what advice do you have for people who want to, you know, get the best out of their career, follow their dreams? To the extent you're a tennis player and you've ever played a match and you've been involved in a third set and it's gone to a tiebreak, many things in life that you're going to encounter, decisions you're going to make are going to come down to, you know, fractions of an inch like that one point here or there. Just keep your head about you and just remember, just like on the tennis court, when, you know, it's match point or your match point down, you always revert to what you know best and the shot that you know best or the serve you know best or what's familiar and what's comfortable while keeping an open mind. I think if you do that over time, you'll be fine. Thank you very much, Anne Schumann, and great talking to you. And I wish Halo Hydration all the best for the future. Thanks, Fabio. It was great talking to you. Really hope you enjoyed the episode. A bit different to what we always do. I know we change it up from time to time and it's just great to get the whole tennis picture. But I really hope you start thinking more about hydration and how it can benefit you. Until next week, goodbye.